You're listening to a podcast appearing on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Scams are one of the most dangerous threats today, especially when it comes to our elders. As the number of victims and money taken continues to skyrocket, realize that there is hope. ScammerCast is your frontline battlefield for getting educated on the most recent scams, but also how to defend against them. Join us as we detail the processes, the traps, and the solutions to help us all hammer the scammers. Hammer the scammers. It's time for the ScammerCast. Here are your hosts, Curtis Bailey and Art Maines. Hi, everyone. This is Curtis Bailey, your co-host of ScammerCast.com and an elder law attorney in the St. Louis, Missouri area. This is Art Maines, author of Scammed, Three Steps to Help Your Elder Parents and Yourself, and also the co-host of ScammerCast.com. And Marty Gurley, your third co-host on ScammerCast.com, and I'm from Midwest Trust Company. Sponsored by Midwest Trust Company. And today we're going to be talking about a tool that is out there that really can be extremely beneficial to caregivers of seniors. It's a tool that will allow the caregiver to monitor the spending habits and the bank accounts of the senior in their life, as well as being able to stop fraudulent charges. Right, Art? Yeah, it's really an exciting idea. It's, it's a technological tool to help fight the scammers and help people keep themselves or the seniors that they care about safe. And Marty, you've had some experience with this, haven't you? I have. I have in my professional life. And I'm actually very excited to talk to him this morning. I think a lot of people don't even know a service like this is out there. And I think it can truly help them to figure out how to work with it and how to get to get to TrueLink. So we're excited today to visit with Kai Stinchcomb, the CEO of TrueLink Financial. Welcome, Kai. Thank you. Kai, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you and about TrueLink Financial? TrueLink was started as a result of some experiences I had in my own family with my grandmother, Ruth, who, as she passed about her 80th birthday, started donating to sketchy charities. You know, it used to be that she would donate to somebody who, you know, was asking for money for hungry children, perhaps once a month, and then it started being more like once a day or three or four times a day. And we would see the junk mail piling up in her home. And the thing that surprised us was every time we would talk to the bank or her credit card company or whoever, they would say, well, there's nothing you can do about this. You just have to take away her access to her finances. Um, And that was something we weren't willing to do. And so that's where this company came from was we decided we needed to come up with a way to help her manage her finances. I think that's fantastic, and and it, it's very similar to a story that I had. My stepfather was ripped off in a series of scams. The only thing is that his was phony sweepstakes. So did you ever get a total for how much your grandmother lost or donated to these sketchy charities? You know, I couldn't tell you, but it was tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're like vultures. They really are. You know, Kai, I think it's great that you recognize that you want her to remain financially independent because that's so important to a lot of our older clients and older family members is they have to maintain some sort of independence, but those of us, their loved ones, can actually help them control their spending just a little bit and lock it down. Yeah, you think about what's the thing that you can do anymore without a credit card or a checkbook or cash, and it's really, it's so limiting. I mean, you know, even if you're just going around the corner for ice cream or coffee or out to the movies, uh, you know, it really matters just being able to spend your own money. That's what it's for. 
Exactly. It is. So, Kai, tell us about uh, the product that you and your team there at TrueLink Financial has developed. So it, it does two things. Our product does two things, one of which is we monitor all of your existing accounts. So if there's a big wire transfer out of your savings account or out of your investment account uh, or some unexpected type of purchase, we'll flag that immediately. The second thing we do is offer you a safe form of payment. So as you are spending that money, uh, you can go out and shop safely knowing that a purchase will be declined if it represents a scam. So in other words, you can spend your money through our system and know that it's safe. And while your money is at rest in your own savings and investments account, it's safe there also. And that is very cool. Now, with all the stuff that's been going on lately with data breaches, just recently we've heard about this gigantic data breach at Anthem Health Insurance. Is there a way that that you work with data breaches through TrueLink? Has that been a part of your system so far? We had customers that were affected by uh, the Home Depot uh, data breach, yeah. And so, you know, again, it's, it's one of those things where a lot of people had their credit cards shut down or maybe uh, lost money or had to reestablish that certain purchases were fraudulent, and, and we were able to protect all of our customers against that. Oh, that's fantastic. That is. So, so Kai, uh, I just want to make sure our listeners understand, not only do you offer a product that allows the senior to spend through the form of a a prepaid debit card, but you also can monitor all of their existing bank and financial accounts. Is that right? That's right. Wow. Can you expand on that? Because that is something that is unique uh, and I think much needed in this area, because I would think that it would be easy maybe to do an end around, if you will, on just the prepaid debit card. But if if somebody is able to monitor all of the other financial accounts, that's a huge benefit. Yeah, that's exactly right. It was, it was something we heard uh, loud and clear from our own customers. So the story is, you know, many of our customers were going through the monthly statements with a highlighter or logging in online uh, or whatever it was. And actually, we have a database of something like 26,000 scamming merchants that have been reported by our customers or uncovered by our research team. Um, And so we were just very well positioned to spot those things that somebody might even miss on on their monthly statement or might be unfamiliar with what it is, right? So you see, you know, Patrolman's Benefit Fund, right? That's not the Patrolman's Benevolent Union, which is the real organization. The Patrolman's Benefit Fund is, you know, is fake. Um, But you would have to go on Google in order to identify that. That's terrific. Um, I give out in the presentations that I give a list of America's 50 worst charities that came from the re- report from the Tampa Bay Times and the Center for Investigative Reporting. So I love that you're doing this because you've got a far more extensive database, and I think it's a, a gigantic value to your customers. So are you always developing that more and adding new names to it? Because the scammers will change names and pop up in different places. I know you're, you're aware of that. Yeah, they do everything. The, the nice thing is that as a financial institution, we actually see – not just what they're saying to you know the customer, but what they're saying to the financial institutions also. So many times they'll change their name, but their you know their signature on the credit card network is the same as it was. They have the same you know merchant accounts and that kind of stuff. So yeah, so we have a little bit of a leg up in that. But we also we have a um, a research team that actually you know sometimes for example we'll TiVo daytime television and then just fast forward to it and call every 800 number that we see on the screen and make sure that 
you know, that there's nothing that we're missing, put in credit card numbers and see if they overcharge them, if they repeat bill them, all that kind of stuff. Very cool. I think you're doing a fantastic service here. And it's very affordable, as I recall. Uh, would you say a little bit about the, the fees, yep. if you could? Ten bucks a month. That's crazy cheap. I think what was that? $10 a month. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so if somebody wanted to use your service, how does it work? To set up the card, you go to our website. It's a one-page form. You can have the card in the mail today. To set up the bank account monitoring, you can have it up in you know a few minutes, actually. And that's just you go to our website, and you provide the name of your bank, and then uh, log into online banking through our system. And so that's how we're able to get access to uh, access to the statements to review. That's fantastic. And we will put links to your website uh, on our show notes so that all of our listeners can take advantage of this. Very cool. Yeah. Kai, could you, uh, as I let off the episode, you said you have a research department and you've just been involved in a big study which shows that this problem is much bigger than even uh, the, the previous estimates were. Could you talk a little bit about the study and what the findings were? Yeah, absolutely. So the big headline is that seniors lose $36.5 billion a year to uh, financial abuse and exploitation. But, you know, some of the more surprising results were, you know, you think about who is who is a vulnerable senior, right? And you're imagining, you know, an 80-year-old widow maybe living alone. That's how, that sounds like what vulnerability looks like. But in fact, we found that the factors affecting vulnerability were were very different than everyone had assumed. So, for example, people that their family describe as friendly are much more likely to get scammed because, you know, a polite person doesn't hang up the phone and uh, telemarketers take advantage of that. Sure. So so that was, that was surprising to us. Another thing, for example, is that people that are described as financially sophisticated, you know, maybe they made investments during their, you know, while they were in during their career, these are people that are actually more likely to lose money to fraud also precisely because they're comfortable moving around money and have confidence in their own decisions. They're less likely to ask a family member before they make an investment decision. You know, it's funny, Kai. I, I did your uh, personal fraud risk assessment test that's on your website because I'm 54, so I'm moving into that demographic. And, and those two things are exactly what came up as major risk factors for me because I tend to be a friendly and polite person, although the scam world stuff has taught me differently. <laughs> and uh, I, I tend to think of myself, at least maybe it's in my, my fantasy, that I tend to be more financially sophisticated. So it was a sobering moment to discover that those are actually risk factors, but it fits with all the research that I've done as well for my presentations and for the book. So I think you're right on. Yeah, it was interesting. One of the things, uh, and I don't think this made this into the study, but there was a researcher um, uh, affiliated with, I think it was um, the Boston College Center for Retirement Security. Yes. But they found that um, that people who believed that they were not likely to get scammed, that was an independent risk factor for being scammed. If somebody says uh, seniors don't get preyed on, that person themselves is likely to be more targeted. I agree with that. And in the talks that I give, presentations that I give, I talk about the overconfidence bias as one of the mind traps that seniors fall into. And uh, that overconfidence thing will bite you in the butt if you're not careful. <laughs> it's interesting, Kai, that you bring up that study from Boston. We're going to post a link to that study on the show notes at scammercast.com so everybody can see it because it's a very interesting study. And the findings were that obviously cognitive impairment uh, is an issue as as uh, folks get older. 
uh, it, they make, it makes them more susceptible. But the overconfidence factor I found to be the, one of the most fascinating findings from that study. Yeah, it's really eye-opening. So what do you think is a way that people could address that overconfidence bias? I mean, I have my thoughts about it from the psychological world, but what are your thoughts about how we can teach people to not be so confident and to be more humble and, and open to learning about things? What do you think about that, Kai? You know, that's a great question. I'm excited to hear how you answer it. But the, the thing that I would say is that at every life stage, people manage their finances as a team, whether it's, you know, if you own a restaurant, you and your business partners talking about whether to do the renovation, you know, whether it's a husband and wife pair talking about whether they want to move into a new home, how much they can afford, somebody talking about how much they can afford for college. And it's really only in retirement that people start to associate uh, independence with solo decision-making, that actually, you know, people make decisions together and talk them through all the time. And that, you know, that's really something that we're trying to, uh, trying to address is, you know, that actually you can be fully independent and still talk things through with your family. And that's, that's the only wise way to make a, a big financial decision. I really like what you're saying there, and, and it fits in with the kinds of, of topics that I bring up with seniors is, as we get older, we have these developmental drivers, uh, one of which in our later years is the desire to retain control or autonomy. And it can morph into that thought that, oh, I have to be so independent and, and a belief that you become a burden as you get older. So you, you don't want to bother people in your family with these decisions. But I think it's even more important that you have sort of the two heads are better than one approach. And I would say, talk it over with your family, talk it over with your broker, your banker, your pastor, your lawyer, whoever, so that you, you have that idea of two heads are better than one. And first of all, you got to recognize that you're susceptible to the overconfidence bias. Exactly right. Well, and I think, too, from, from my perspective of working with clients who, who are doing estate planning or, or making sure their legal documents are in order, it's the fear of losing control that I find is the bigger driver to to their reaction. That's a good point. And so I almost think, and I wonder, I wonder what your thoughts are on this, Kai. The overconfidence is almost a reaction to the fear. The fear drives it. Yeah, I think that's right, and and it's really ironic that um, you know, I mean, a lot of the people that that uh, we end up talking to have already had severe loss of financial independence, right? You know, you talk to. Uh, there was a building manager in Redwood City that we met um, who had lost three quarters of his retirement savings to uh, to a sweepstakes scam, and he, you know, he didn't want to admit this to his daughter, um, which I can understand, right? But the point is, that's the threat to his financial independence is having lost the money. Yeah. His daughter wasn't trying to run his life. Nobody wants to be their their dad's mom, right? Right. So, and you know, Kai, that, that's funny because I meet with a lot of elderly clients being at a trust company and I help them pay their bills for them, do some other things. And the one thing they truly don't want to do is go to a son or daughter to ask for help with that because they've always been that parent. They've always been the one taking care of things. So it is truly a pride issue to then go to their children and ask for help. So we get, a, we get put in a, in a situation then where we're helping them out and they don't want us to disclose any information to their family. So. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. One of the things that we hear, uh, we also interact a lot with that son or daughter. And one of the things that they say is, you know, dad is still dad. Right. Dad is still dad. And, 
And, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, the silver lining is that uh, many people don't have sons or daughters that actually want to be involved in their lives, that that you should feel some pride in having raised a family-oriented son or daughter that is excited to look out for you as you age and wants to play a role in your lives. It's time to take a break during this episode of the ScammerCast. Have you reviewed the other programs in our online archive? Listen to them via the complete archive at our website, scammercast.com. Help us to educate and protect our seniors. We'll be right back. What have you gotten for your pet lately? A new grand blend of dog food? Perhaps a new scratch post for the kitty or faux rocks for the fishies aquarium? Wouldn't it be cool if you could go to a convention locally and find the best in what's new for pets? Well, first, you need a listing of those conventions, and you can find the best listing and amazing listing at AmazingPetExpos.com, your home for the best listing online of quality, experienced pet expositions. Whether your pet needs are grand, small, or anywhere in between, you'll find what you need and want at AmazingPetExpos.com. That's AmazingPetExpos.com. A recent study found that most older adults fear running out of money during their retirement years, even more so than their fear of death. A trust can be an effective way to manage and protect your assets while you are alive. Now, many folks believe that trusts are only for rich people. They are not. Midwest Trust Company of Missouri, located in Clayton, Missouri, offers professional trust management for clients all across the country. Using Midwest Trust is a great way to know that someone with experience and integrity will manage your wealth objectively. Naming Midwest Trust can provide you with peace of mind in knowing that you or your parents will not be exploited financially and lose all of the assets acquired during a lifetime of hard work. Midwest Trust will even work with you or your parents' own financial advisor. Don't let fear of running out of money drive your life. Contact Midwest Trust Company today by visiting the link to their website at scammercast.com. The discipline to grow, the strength of experience, the ability to adapt, values that endure. Midwest Trust. Faith. It has a number of definitions, flavors, and meanings to everyone. What does it mean to you? Share what direction, goals, and experiences you found with your faith via A Call to Courage with Stephanie Haynes. CouragePodcast.com. That's CouragePodcast.com. Hi, this is Kai Stinscombe from TrueLink, and you're listening to the ScammerCast. Welcome back to ScammerCast your headquarters for the education and prevention of scams against our elders. We're visiting today with Kai Stinchcomb, the CEO of TrueLink Financial. And uh, Kai, I wanted to jump back into the uh, study that you did and ask you uh, for your findings on the breakdown, uh, because the number, $36 billion, and that's billion with a B, folks, that's a huge number. How does it break down categorically? So the thing that we found, the largest category was actually fraud primarily by commercial agents, right? So it's it's these sort of weasel word advertisements where, uh, you know, the shipping and handling ends up being 
you know, $140 on, you know, a $20 vacuum cleaner, or it's a subscription that you didn't know was going to turn into a subscription or something that, that becomes suddenly unaffordable, a sweepstakes that's misrepresented, that kind of thing. So that was, that was the dominant category with uh, almost $17 billion of financial loss. So then the second category at $13 billion is criminal fraud, right? So this is somebody that calls in the middle of the night and persuades you to transfer money to, you know, a relative in danger. And actually that money goes to a scam in Nigeria or somebody who, you know, has, has persuaded you that they're the social security administration and gets you to put in your uh, social security number in order to renew your Medicare card, for example, right. and it opens a fraudulent bank account in your name. And then the final thing is abuse of trust. So there, you know, it's most often a family member. It might be a, a close friend or somebody like that who's basically just stealing from you. It might be a paid caregiver also, somebody who has an obligation to care for you but ends up taking your money. And that was about $7 billion a year. Kai, how did you come up with the methodology for finding out these totals? Because one of the problems in this whole field is that it's hugely underreported. Uh, I've seen some figures that say it could be as many as, for every case that's reported, 40 more go unreported. So, so how did you work around the shame and stigma and the drive for secrecy in, in preparing your report? That's really interesting. So, so the thing that we found very similar to that is many people don't identify this as fraud, right? Uh, in a lot of cases, bluntly, you know, they think they're dummies, right? That, right, um, that's the problem. You know, they didn't read the fine print, didn't know that this $20 vacuum cleaner would uh, cost them $160 when they got their credit card bill, didn't realize that they were going to be billed for the buyer's club or the discount club or, or whatever it was. Um, and they blame themselves. And so the thing that we did in our survey was we took the top types of fraud that are reported in our system, and we asked people had they experienced that. Um, and that's an, that's an easy question to answer. You know, you say, have you bought something on TV that cost more than you expected or something where there was recurring billing that you didn't agree to? And people will say, yes, that did happen to me. Gotcha. Kai, I want to go obviously to the largest category, which is financial exploitation. And you know, we we conjure up the image of unsavory telemarketers, and all of us here have stories of receiving phone calls, you know, late at night and on our cell phones. And, and actually, your grandmother was on a couple different mailing lists, and I wondered if you could comment on that and let our listeners know what that's all about. Yeah, that's a great point. So a lot of the time you think of these charities as, uh, you know, sort of do-gooder enterprises. And in fact, most of the time when you get a phone call from uh, a charity that you haven't heard of, it's actually a paid telemarketing organization that actually owns your personal information. They've bought your personal information and they're sitting there in a call center uh, with a list of names of charities trying to decide which one to hit you with, which one you're most likely to be uh, vulnerable to a solicitation to, and then they might call you back three hours later and try another one. Uh, and the world has changed since a lot of the, the seniors that we're talking about were growing up, right? So it used to be that if you got a, a piece of mail or a long distance phone call, it was personal and it was important. And now there's the, you know, the, the mailing with handwriting font on it. Um, and it might look like you're literally getting a postcard from a child in Africa who will die if you don't donate to 20 cups of rice. It says, 
dear Ruth, I'm counting on you. And it looks like that's handwritten on the outside of the envelope. Now, maybe you have a vision impairment and it looks like actual handwriting, or maybe you just grew up in a different era. Yeah, that's exactly what Bill said. Uh, I have a video on my book website at scammedbook.com where he says, I grew up in an era and an area where people were trustworthy. One of the things we found also, speaking of area, is that people that live in urban areas were actually um, exposed to a lot more sources of fraud than people that lived in rural areas. That was interesting to us. That is interesting. Yeah. I would have thought the isolation might have, have lended itself to more uh, scam victimization. So that was a little surprise for me. It makes sense, but yeah. it was a surprise. Uh, Kai, your grandmother was actually tagged on a couple different mailing lists, and I want our listeners to hear the names of these lists because it's 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 disturbing in a weird way. The one list was people over 65 with dementia, and the second one was people over 65 who believe their luck is about to change. And can you comment? Because it's these lists are out there, right, Kai? Yeah, that's exactly right. It's it's one of these remarkable things. So the the analytic power um, behind some of these algorithms is really really amazing, and, and people will buy and sell personal information. Uh, a lot of times, uh, these TV shopping organizations are actually you know really just after your personal information, and that's all they want. Wow. So what single piece of advice or even a couple pieces of advice would you give to our listeners to, to help limit their, their exposure to these kinds of practices? Well, other than become less friendly, I guess <laughs> right. the thing that I would say is uh, make financial decisions together and um, find that person that you trust in your family or an attorney, a trust, um, you know, like you said, a pastor, whoever it might be. And, and let them know what's going on in your life. Let them in. And so, you know, if your junk mail is starting to pile up, if you're starting to purchase a lot of stuff on TV, if, uh, if you've made a new friend in Nigeria who's starting to ask for lots of money, <laughs> that they'll be able to see that pattern uh, and connect the dots before, before it's too late. Right, right. There, there was a very interesting and powerful non-financial impact that you identified in your study, and I, I, I want you to comment on this. Um, your study estimated that almost a million seniors are currently skipping meals because they're being financially abused. Yeah, that was, that was eye-opening for us also. I mean, the story really is that, that once it starts, they will drain you for everything, and that's, it's devastating. But if you're on that mailing list, if uh, somebody uh, abroad who's trying to steal um, discovers, especially that you have memory loss, they won't stop taking until all the money's gone. And, you know, going back to the, the scammy charities, I, I've read some quotes from former employees of those uh, telemarketing organizations that say uh, they would target people who weren't who seemed like they weren't all there or who sounded like they were dying. And the uh, quote went on to say, with that job, you had to leave your conscience and compassion at the door. It was all about the sale, which is shocking and chilling. Yeah, it really is. And, and you know, these are organizations that have really sophisticated bonus systems and tracking systems and compensation systems. And, you know, you, you go in thinking that it's going to be one thing, and it, it really turns into something else in very insidious ways. But, you know, you, I mean... It's one of those things where, you know, it's somebody doing their job right, and, and you might not, even in that job, put together all the pieces. So, you know, maybe you're the person in the returns department and everybody's calling in angry, having waited on hold for two hours. 
but it's not you that set up that two-hour wait on hold to discourage people from returning this merchandise that they didn't think they ordered. Yeah, yeah, it's really devious stuff. We're uh, visiting today with Kai Stinchcomb, the CEO of TrueLink Financial. And Kai, actually, before we started this session, uh, Marty and I were talking because uh, Marty has uh, some involvement through uh, her company with TrueLink. And uh, so I wanted her to share those uh, experiences. Yeah, so Kai, you and I, of course, have never met, but I have heard of your company through another attorney. She saw you all at a national conference for attorneys that deal in particularly with special needs trusts. And she actually referred me to you guys maybe two or three months ago. And I was walking in my office this week and our receptionist was talking to one of your associates and we're setting up about 10 of our clients with your company actually. And the reason is because of the, the credit card with a special needs trust type of arrangement, we can only pay for certain things. And so because of the way that you have the credit card set up, we can limit where those credit cards can be used. So it was really advantageous to us to use your company. So could you talk a little bit about that product? Yeah, I'm I'm glad you asked about it because it's something that a lot of people don't know very much about. But the story is that for certain types of benefits like Social Security income, there are very complex restrictions on what you can spend money on. And, uh, you know, if you're... If you're suffering from memory loss, for example, it can be very hard to keep track of the fact that you're not allowed to spend one, you know, one piece of money on groceries and then the other piece of money is for your medicine and so on. And it's really complicated. I don't know that I would be able to follow those rules. And so if this is something where we're able to kind of uh, put it on autopilot so that you have this TrueLink Visa card that automatically complies with all the rules so that you're not endangering your your social security benefits. And as far as I know, we we worked with with another company, but as far as I know, I don't know that another product is out there that can do this successfully. Do you I don't think there is. Yeah. That's great. So so Kai, help our listeners understand when you say the card will make sure it complies with the various benefit programs and the restrictions. So if a user of your card is trying to make a purchase that doesn't comply, how, how does that purchase get stopped? Uh, it, it's a normal credit card decline, which, you know, really the story is um, nobody likes having their credit card declined, but it's <laughs> much better than having your Medicare benefits declined. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> that is for sure. <laughs> right. You know, Kai, what I am using it for, in particular, I am limiting certain things they can use their money for. And one of the things, I don't want them to be able to go to a liquor store or to a casino or to use it at a restaurant. You know, there's there's different things. And we were able, actually, to set up those limitations online. So we were really excited about that. Well, I'm glad it worked. Yeah. Hey, and question for you, Kai. Uh, does somebody have the capability to monitor their credit reports through TrueLink? Uh, you know, we don't offer that right now, um, okay. but, but we are likely to in the future. Okay, great. That seems like it would be a part of, of the overall package of, of making sure that seniors are safe. Yeah, there, there really is. Um, yeah, I mean, the story is that you really want, you know, a 360-degree view, uh, whether it's your personal information, whether it's uh, being on the do not call list, whether it's, you know, identifying which organizations, you know, you're, you're being marketed to, 
Um, there's a way to unsubscribe from uh, unsolicited credit card offers that we recommend people take. Yes, definitely. Um, and so, for what it's worth, we're not we're not a we don't sell that. But if you call our customer service, they'll they'll help you get set up on that. That's a secret. That, that's fantastic. We'll help with almost anything. I think that's that opt-out pre-screen, right? Isn't that the exactly? Yes, yes. Kai, uh, with this prepaid debit card, how does a senior that may have a non-traditional banking relationship or bank account access your service? That's a great question. You know, I would say, for example, if it's a trust, you know, you should you should talk to your trust administrator, and and we have relationships with many of them. Okay. And is there any sort of age limit or restriction on using your your service or your product? Uh, you have to be over 18, but we have customers as young as 18. Now, now, Kai, your credit card, at least the one that we're using, is actually a prepaid card. So we will have a customer right. come in for a request. We then take money out of the trust account and put that money on the card. And so they're supposed to go out in a perfect world and use that card for that purchase that they want. So is that how all of them work? They're not really tied to a bank account. It's actually truly a prepaid card, correct? Yeah, exactly. People feel people feel more comfortable that, that it is not drawing funds directly from their bank account. That it, you know, it's a, just another way of limiting the exposure. Great. Kai, is there uh, anything uh, new on your horizon, any new products or services that uh, you'll be offering to the public that we can tell our listeners about? Uh, well, I think, we're, I think we're likely to do uh, credit report monitoring very soon, yeah. Oh, good. That's great. That's good. Great. Now, how are you protecting TrueLink from being hacked? I mean, it seems like the hackers from China <laughs> or wherever are after everybody. I mean, I just got a report from uh, the Krebs on Security website that uh, I think the defense contracting agency was hacked in the last couple of days. So so how are you addressing uh, cyber hacking and security problems? You know, that's a great question. Actually, um, every single one of our employees uses our product, and so we're putting your personal information right beside ours, uh, which, you know, we would take it very seriously either way, but I think that that, that, that helps maybe give people confidence about how we're treating it. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's really hard keeping a system secure, and we're uh, up to date on all of the different threat levels, and um, we use HTTPS for every transaction. Great. Um, we don't store credit card numbers or social security numbers, actually, which I think Great. helps. There's no way for somebody to hack information that just isn't in the system. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Kai, is there an app available? Do you have one uh, that uh, your customers can use, or do you have one in the works? You know, people usually just pull up the website on their mobile phone. Okay. Okay, great. So, Kai, tell our listeners uh, some of the other efforts you're working on currently. So one of the things that we actually just posted on our website a couple of weeks ago is a personal vulnerability calculator, like you mentioned. Yeah, that was um, great. That will that will take your you know, various factors that we've found to be very important. Uh, you get to describe your family members as friendly or not friendly, which is kind of fun. Um, and then we'll uh, not only calculate, you know, what's the risk of losing money to fraud, but also what are the steps that you can take to limit your vulnerability and which specific scams you should watch out for. Yeah, on my personal report, it was about investment scams, which is a focus that we want to look at in a future episode of our podcast here at ScammerCast. And uh, I thought it was interesting timing also because my uh, financial advisor has just retired and I have a new one. So I'm, I'm kind of watching the guy a bit. He, he, he's on probation with me, as it were. That's smart. 
uh, Art, uh, you did the uh, calculator or the, I did. Uh, the, uh, the I did. profile, didn't you? And so what did you find uh, as far as your vulnerability or susceptibility to scams? Well, thankfully, it was there was only a 7% chance of a $10,000 loss or more. That's good. So I felt good about that. But there was a 63% chance of an attempt being made on me to be scammed. And God knows I've gotten plenty of them. I mean, I've gotten them via text. I get them over email all the time. And what I think is great and and a tool that I bring to bear on them is I know what they're up to. So I can use my friendliness to lure the scammers in. And then like we uh, use here at ScammerCast, I hammer the scammers. <laughs> you know, I'll mess with them a little bit. I'll lead them on, you know, and I'll make them think that I have all this money and all this stuff. And then I'll go, you know what? You're just a dirty scammer. So why don't you just hang up the phone now? <laughs> something maybe not so nice, but something like that. Kai, the interesting thing about that is that uh, we don't view ourselves, I think, as being uh, susceptible to scams, but we're just as likely as anyone to be a target of a scam, right? Yeah, that's true. So people in their 50s and 60s lose more money than people in their 80s and 90s, which which was surprising to me. But the story is, you know, if you're 90, 90 years old, the calculator might tell you that you are more likely to uh, enter sweepstakes that don't promise what they're, what they're uh, you know, that, that overpromise what you're likely to win. You know, but, but you're not likely to be moving money between investment accounts. You're not likely to buy a timeshare that doesn't exist. Whereas when you're 50 or 60, you know, it's reasonable to be thinking about buying a timeshare. Yeah. So you, know, you can really, you know, that, that could be a $500,000 loss rather than a $50 loss. Yeah. So the kinds of scams that people are vulnerable to seems to change over time. Th that makes so much sense to me. I'm glad that you brought that out through the calculator. So, yeah, so Kai, uh, how can people find the uh, fraud risk calculator? It is at truelinkfinancial.com slash research. Great. And we'll post a link to that on uh, scammercast.com on our website and on our Facebook presence so that uh, our listeners can be directed to it. It's a, it's a very instructive tool, and uh, it definitely is a good thing. Is there anything else that you folks at TrueLink are working on currently? That's all I got. Okay. Right. Well, that's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, that is cool stuff. So what do you think is the most important step, in addition to signing up for TrueLink, that a person over 50 can take to safeguard their finances from scams, frauds, and exploitation? I mean, you talked about working with somebody else and having a trusted advisor. Is there anything else that, through your research or through your experience, you've identified that our listeners could really benefit from? You know, the, the biggest thing I would say is uh, – get out in front of it and realize that uh, it's never an isolated occurrence. That if you, you know, have mistakenly, uh, for example, bought a magazine subscription that, that you didn't, weren't aware that you were buying, you are now on a list and your vulnerability to fraud has just gone up, you know, 5X or something like that. Yeah. And so, so the thing to realize is it's never isolated and there's no shame in it. Right, that everyone is vulnerable, everyone is under attack, and these guys are professionals. So something like 37% of people uh, lose money to fraud over the course of any five-year period. So you think you're alone and you think it's this, you know, that you're some kind of dummy, but you're really not. It happens to most people. Yeah, I talk about it with the folks that I speak with. Uh, I call it a sort of mugging over the phone or a mugging over the computer. Do, do you think that's yeah. fair? 21st century purse snatchers. 
there. That's a good one, too, yeah. Kai, thank you so much for uh, being with us today. Uh, the information you have shared is incredibly valuable. We will post links uh, to your website uh, on our website at scammercast.com through our Facebook presence. Kai, thank you so much for talking with us today, and we look forward to visiting with you again in the near future. Yeah, so this is Art Mange, your co-host for ScammerCast, and thank you again, Kai. It really has been educational, and I believe it's going to be really helpful for our listeners, so thanks again for being on the show. I'll reiterate that. Thank you so much. You know, we're all going to benefit with our family members and our clients for knowing that there's someone, a company like you guys out there to help us. Yeah, we hope to have you on the show again. I'd love to be there, and I think the work you guys are doing is so important in helping people understand what they're facing. Thanks for listening to this episode of the ScammerCast, your headquarters for education and protection of our elderly from scams worldwide. Be sure to visit us at ScammerCast.com, where you can send us your stories and tips, as well as send your feedback, and visit our Facebook presence. Thank you for listening to this episode, and until next time, hammer the scammers! information we share in this podcast is meant for informational and educational purposes only and should never substitute for appropriate legal, financial, or medical advice from qualified professionals. Always consult with an attorney, physician, or financial professional for the correct guidance for your particular situation.